0: Welcome to the Upland Nation Podcast. I'm Scott Linden, your host. Really looking forward to talking with my friend Felton Jenkins and uh, and a bird that's uh, a little less familiar to most of us, Hungarian partridge. We're going to recap a hunt we did together a couple weeks ago and some of the things we learned, some of the great dog work we had, and uh, maybe it'll help you down the road if you're thinking about, well, coming out to the West or if you're in the West and you're looking for a new species Hopefully you learned something, we sure did, and we had a good time as well. Interesting way to get where we got, but I'll tell you about that as we get deeper into the podcast. Happy New Year. Thank you if you filled in my Upland Nation Index Survey, appreciate that. If you're looking for um, public land, walk-in land, we'll cover a little bit of that as well. Uh, Wild bird hunting is what we're all about here. But that's not all we're talking about. We'll have your New Year's resolutions, a new Upland Nation puzzler, question and a prize. And it's all made possible by Roughland Performance Kennels, Happy Jack Dog Care Products, Sage and Breaker Gun Care Products, Pointer Shotguns from Legacy Sports, Dr. Tim's Natural Performance Dog Food, and MidValleyClays.com. We've been snowed in here, just a little bit too cold for the dogs and for the dog's owner. Plus access out here, where I go at least, is a little bit tough when you get a foot or two of snow on the ground. You you may get in, but you probably won't get out again. So we've been working on all the things that you work on when you can't hunt. Getting gear all cleaned up and ready to go. Getting the trailer back into shape actually go into the range once or twice. And did I tell you? I think I did. I've gone away from the trying to close my eye while I'm mounting the gun and shoot right-eyed and gone back to the shooting glasses with a patch over them. So back to the drawing board once again. We are brought to you in part by Sage and Breaker Gun Care Products. These products are crafted at the highest caliber. Heirloom Level products that you will pass on. And if you gift somebody with one, you will be on their nice list next Christmas, believe me. Sign up for the mailing list at sageandbreaker.com. Not only will you get first notice of any of the rare sales, but you'll also get first notice of any new products coming down the pipeline. sageandbreaker.com. And LegacySports.com is where you learn all about pointer shotguns. If you're looking for value and quality, take a look at these pointer shotguns at LegacySports.com. Fit and finish as good as anything I've seen. If you're looking for a starter gun for a kid, you're looking to upgrade from something else to an over and under, or if you're looking for a semi-automatic, they've got them all beautifully made the value incredible and did i tell you you can spec the color of the barrel in the action olive drab gray bronze regular blued steel it's all there in all those varieties it's all at LegacySports.com. then just hit the brands page and go to pointers welcome to the upland nation podcast my good friend felton jenkins how you doing these days oh good scott how are you i am having a good day uh once again uh the knees are in good shape i'm ready for the next hunt if the snow would just go away but since i saw you you've been out at least one more time how'd that go
1: yeah i think i've been out twice uh both were kind of half day hunts um found one chucker that dean held really close and had a good close flush and uh with a shot i put the landing gear on the bird down you know dropped a couple of legs but he was so close to a cliff that he kept kept sailing on out of look on on out of sight and when we got to the edge of where we were it was a new place Uh uh there were way too many rocks for either Dean or uh, I had to go down so yeah. so we lost that bird and then another actually Christmas day we we went for a hike uh, up above a, a river you've, you've heard of probably and went went way up uh, found a couple of coveys one was way too far down for me to get to before before the birds went on and I I, I couldn't see what happened really <laughs> and then uh, and then we had another great Point that I could see him uh, but he there, there was a big uh, canyon uh, steep um, draw in, in between us so I had to go hike around and then around and back down to him and uh, it took well, at least 10 minutes but he held it super and then when I got probably within 30 yards the, the chuckers flushed uh, but I was just so happy they were still there <laughs> and uh but it was it was too I, I did one hail mary shot and uh but dean Dean did a good job but we couldn't bring anything home that day but we had a great great hike and the weather was good
0: yeah so. yeah good to hear that and yes i was supposed to be in that same general area not a few days after you but we blew it off thanks to the weather i was going with our mutual friend mark who we'll talk about a little bit later on as well yeah but, uh, uh you know you uh, you and i met um, kind of through the podcast now that I think about it. Tell me more about how this whole thing got started.
1: Yeah, well, I started uh, stalking and trolling <laughs> you on the uh, internet. <laughs> no I'm just I'm kidding, but I, I, I found somehow I, I got to find birdhuntingspots.com and uh, emailed you with a couple of questions. Oh, I yeah. was going somewhere yeah. uh, somewhere far away from home and just needed, uh, you know what county or watershed should I, should I look at. And uh, and you gave me a couple of, couple of ideas, and I said, well, hey, I, I will show you a spot or try to take you to a spot where I think there's some Hungarian partridge uh, that you might not know about. And uh, so we, we kept in touch that way. And I don't think we were able to do it. No well, we did do it. We did it one time last year. Yeah, yeah. and then we did it, uh, did it just a couple of weeks ago.
0: Yeah, and it, they were and, both uh, fun, wonderful, and uh, they were two two different spots,
1: but in the same, you know, general area as you know.
0: I do know, and and you know what I do uh, appreciate most about all of this: number one, your friendship; number two, um, you're showing me places that uh, anybody willing to do a little bit of homework could find on their own and take advantage of. These are all, uh, in one way or another public access or walk-in or public agency-owned land, whatever it is. And I'm learning a lot about that kind of stuff uh, every year. But uh, but in particular, um, this year, it's been driven home in any number of ways. But this last time we got together, um, you showed me some, some ground that uh, up until a year ago, I probably would have said, Ch- Hungarian partridge? No, no, that's like chucker light country and, and, and I call it light l-i-t-e because it's you know it it's steep but it's not as steep as a chucker hunt it's got rocks but they're not as big as chucker rocks and mm-hmm. it's got you know uh, bunch grass and other kinds of weeds and grasses primarily but they're shorter than a lot of the places where I find chuckers and finally um, there's no sagebrush
1: yeah, I was gonna say there's no no sagebrush to trip over or uh, yeah or or have to lose your dog in or or any of that kind of stuff so it's it's, yeah. it's pretty civilized territory you know in in this part of the world i think
0: yeah for especially for people who are are used to slightly worse than that you know it's it, it is one of those places like the dakotas where you can watch your dog run away for three days and if you have a tuna fish can you can stand on that and watch him run away for a week <laughs> So it, it's yeah. one, wonderful in that regard. But, you know, the others, the, uh, I mean, there were so many highlights. So, and we're just going to focus on Saturday. Okay. O- but for one other item. And uh, actually, let's start with it. So we hunted all day Sunday, and we'll get more into that later um, on another discussion or somewhere down the road. But. Um, our friend Mark showed us a place and we hunted hard. Well, we didn't hunt that hard. We hunted a lot of country and we we're lucky enough to be chauffeured around in his side-by-side. But right. the, the, the highlight for me was I trust the highlight for you. And that is we're working the last bit of cover on the downhill side of a wicked draw, mm-hmm. um, really thick and flick is doing all the work yeah you guys are effectively blocking at the bottom of this little uh, creek bottom and me and flick are coming down towards you guys and and up along my right bump 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 is a ringneck trying to get out of that creek bottom before flick goes after him and Mm -hmm. he's bouncing off the sheer wall as he gets towards the top he hits that top and squirts out of sight to me but not to you Tell me the rest of that story.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you know, we we got up a few uh, hens, uh, not huns, but hen pheasants before, and uh, you know I'm colorblind like you, and uh, and I'm blind in one eye, which is worse than you, and uh, and I, I I'm not crazy about pheasant hunting because they just run away from Dean when he when he gets close, but uh, but Flick worked so close that was you know, I guess what a versatile dog is supposed to do. But uh, but anyway, the hens flew away. I couldn't tell what they were, but they went the other side from where I was. And then at the end, you got up that rooster. Flick got up the rooster and lucky for me, unlucky for the rooster, he flew, you know, to my side versus Mark's side and flew to the, to the left of me. And I was on the, uh, I guess the left side, if you're looking up. The creek, and had a good a good line on him, swinging from right to the left, which is uh, which is good for me. And I got to uh, hit him with the first shot, and he slowed down, but not much. And then I hit him with a second shot, knocked him down, hit the ground pretty hard, I thought. And then and then he took off running at 90 miles an hour, and uh, luckily Flick was right on his tail, and and was able to. To get a hold of them, but uh, but I, I hadn't seen a, a pheasant do that before uh, because I hadn't hunted that many pheasants. Like I told yeah. you, that was my first first wild uh, rooster pheasant, which was real exciting. So you know, that made the that made the day you know a super day.
0: It did. In fact, in, uh, when you were describing that to me, when you told me that was your first wild bird, I was looking at the the ring on that bird's neck, and I swear it got whiter. And wider, just from that story, and I'm so glad we were there to share with you. It was spectacular, and yeah, Flick, he did a pretty good job chasing down that runner. I was pretty proud of him after that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, me too, because that would have been a shame to watch him run over the hill.
0: Oh, and they, and he could have. I think he had the legs for it. So that was that was the next day. But we're going to get back to this because this is such such a fantastic day for me for a whole bunch of reasons, and I trust for you too, except when I slowed you down. on some of those really bad hills. <laughs> but this is um this is a wild uh, this is a part of the Oregon uh Fish and, Department of Fish and Wildlife's uh, access program and and it's a big cattle ranch effectively that's what it is. But but you know these places are so big and they have so much uh so much ground and so much great habitat if you know what to look for. But all of that started with you telling me to not forget to bring my mountain bike.
1: Yeah, yeah. because the, uh, the first time I scouted over there, because it was close to a place, my friend uh, Dennis Carlson, who I could go into how he, he saved the day when <laughs> uh, Dean, Dean and I started hunting four years ago. And, and Dean's my first uh, pointing dog. Uh, but it, it, the gate was open the first time I went there to scout, but you really weren't supposed to drive in there. And I didn't see the sign because the gate was uh, open but it says no motorized vehicles and the next time i came back that i wanted to hunt it i was going to expect that i could drive up that road but then i got to it and it was locked and you know no, motor, no no motorized vehicles and you can access some good ground just hiking from there but but i was like you know if i brought my bike and my bike trailer i could get pretty far up in there because it's a it's a long you know ranch road that goes up up into the you know eventually in the higher country and so I came back with the mountain bike and the trailer, and uh, and we found l- quite a few coveys, and, and that was last year, and so I wanted to get you up there this year and try the uh, mountain bike attack, and uh, it was all right, wasn't it?
0: it was uh it, i mean beyond the novelty of riding your bike on a hunt um and some of the big game guys are doing it and actually there's a couple spots where some of the chucker hunters are doing it now but that was the first time for me and boy am i glad you brought your trailer because you got to carry all the heavy stuff in that um it was incredible and i and yeah. i I, rec- I recommend it to anybody these days because just think about it just think if all you know if all you if, if all you need to do is get two or three miles farther in than everybody else, and that's where you start. Oh man, the opportunities. It's it's kind of the poor man side by side. I like to think that if you're an ethical bird hunter, you drive in on what's left of a road, you park your side by side and hunt from there. So it's it's much the same in that regard. And 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 as we're finding more and more, especially on public access ground, the deeper you go, the better your, um, the better your chances are. So we park this thing and we go hunting and, um, and the yeah, dog- hey,
1: uh, as far as the, uh, you know, stuff in the, uh, in the cart, in the trailer, I, I wanted to ask you if one of your 10 essentials was a, uh, was a brick.
0: no but i did put nine boxes of of heavy shot in there (laughs) so it was worse than that yeah
1: yeah, we had plenty of shells and plenty of water and and we needed some of that water we didn't need all the shells but uh but yeah park uh there's a shed there we park and then uh there's a little rocky climb to get up from the first road and then and then we were off
0: And, you know, the first thing I I thought about was, um, the, the the kind of the almost rule when it comes to Hungarian partridge, and that is uh, get to the level spots on the top of the ridges uh, if you can and, and see what happens. And and we were doing that and we weren't having a whole lot of luck. And then all of a sudden, your dog, Dean, the English setter, slams a point and he's maybe 100 yards below us uh, down towards, not at the bottom, but towards the bottom of one of the draws. Mm-hmm. And um, I know part of it is you're being being, um, humble, but it was a beautiful point. It was a great find in a spot where we we should have probably uh, had better luck than we did. But, you know, after we caught our breath and and admired him for a while, we started moseying down there. And, And the problem with that short cover is the birds can see us well in advance of us seeing them i think even in, in a spot like that and then and then they see flick coming in from the other side and you know here's a dilemma and everybody out there with a with a pointing dog or hunting with somebody else's dog and their own dog together this is the dilemma i face do you yell at your dog slam him into a woe um and risk scaring those birds with your yelling Or do you just cross your fingers and hope it's going to work out? Or, And I've done this on occasion. Somebody else's dog goes on point. I bring my dog the other way just so that I don't spoil it for my friend. (laughs) None of those things were tried. uh, Flick came in, and I think as you well pointed out, and this is probably just a matter of more practice and more practice, Dean sees Flick coming in knowing Flick's going to blow the whole thing up so he maybe creeps a bit is that what happened there i'm I'm trying to remember what got those yeah. birds in the air
1: yeah yeah the, the interesting thing is you know we, we hiked up and for a long time uh i didn't have a signal yeah on yeah and uh that's how we ended up one or two hundred yards up above him uh and we were on you know coming over that ridge to where we could see that that draw down there but uh but yeah he was he was doing a great job holding it and then uh we got closer, and Flick got closer too. But uh, Dean's never hunted. Your Flick is the only other true pointing dog that that Dean's hunted with. Uh-huh. So, so he doesn't have practice being out there with another with another dog. Yeah, uh, yeah we we've had a, a you know a couple of a labs walk around. Friend that had a, a lab just walk around and not really interfere. Although, although, Dean got competitive on the retrieve, and that's the only time he's fitting into a bird is when mm-hmm. he was mm-hmm. trying to get ahead of the uh, the lab on retrieve. So, so I think that was part of it. But um, you know, uh, we kept on hunting, and we and we had a few more finds.
0: We did knock wood, and uh, and here out of that first find, here is a, a lesson that you know we always talk about when it comes to chucker hunting, and I never talked about it with Huns until you and I were together that last couple weeks ago um you wanted to get back up to the top of that ridge and i thought you know number one i don't want to climb that damn thing again number two um you know if the birds are down here i wonder if there are more birds down here and we you know we sort of stayed at that level and sure enough uh within another few minutes maybe 15 or 20 minutes flicks uh, caller tells me he's on point and we had everything going for us right that time we knew about where he was i don't think we could see him from there but we knew about where he was we come around or you know a little bump and there he is slammed on a point on a little rock pile looking at us we think yeah he's not looking at us he's uh you know he had done what and he did this again on on this on the same trip with mark later in the weekend he he had gone out because the wind was at his back and he was working back into the wind hit the birds locked up and waited for us and i'll tell you the things that i i thought about when he was on point were these first off wow wasn't that great he figured out how to come back and work into the wind number two once he saw us even though we were 150 yards away he knew It was, that's, you know, to him, uh, I'm trying to train him that that's a signal to hold still. right? You know, instead of just yelling, whoa, or putting your hand up or all those other things, you know, that's another one. When you see the handler come into view, it's an obedience command. Stop, do not crash into the birds. Well, he did all that. And um, on that Covey, we finally caught up to it. We squeezed him between us and him birds got up almost in textbook fashion most -hmm. of them went down to the to our right which like you said is is your better side for me that's the worst side for shooting but we both dropped a bird on that covey, didn't we
1: yeah yeah that was that was pretty good and uh since you shot once that meant i had to have hit one of them so that was a a good thing and and uh yeah so that was that was exciting and uh i think dean was up the ridge yeah. doing his own yeah searching so uh so we didn't have to worry about uh you know dean backing or <laughs> yeah. Flick not getting distracted so that was a that was a plus i uh, think for the setup
0: i'm knocking what as i say it and then it was the funniest part about all that was um uh, he got the, he got one bird and he's bringing it back to me he, he he'll never bring a bird back to anybody i don't care who shoots it i get all the birds yeah good it um, yeah it's a it's another obedience thing i taught him <laughs> yeah but uh so he brings it back and about halfway up that hill he senses the other bird and he looks at it he he finds it sees it it's got one in his mouth and for that microsecond you can see his brain working can i fit them both in yeah and he says, nah. <laughs> and luckily, he didn't swap them out. I've seen him do that before, too. But mm-hmm. it was it was fun. Uh, hey, you're listening to the Upland Nation podcast. I know it doesn't sound like it. It sounds like just me and Felton J- Jenkins are having a great time here. I'm Scott Linden. We're talking Hungarian partridge. And, and that is a perfect textbook example of where they were. Flick was, he had one foot on each foot on a different rock and the rocks were you know softball to, to watermelon size no bigger than that and they were that's where we found birds over and over again on that on that hunt that day they were in little rocky spots that you know they weren't hiding behind rocks they were hiding among the rocks that were really about their size most of the time do you mm-hmm. what else what else did we learn from from that find or some of the others we had out there
1: yeah when you said that among the rocks it just reminded me of something else i i've said that you know those those huns they they blend in so well yeah yeah and and if it wasn't for for dean or, or flick uh i like to say that i wouldn't see a hungarian partridge if it was alive or dead because it just you just i can't find them um and and that's why it's so great to have a have a pointing dog like like we do oh yeah um so and what else did we learn after that? Uh, we should you know keep keep working up the draw and not not go too far up or too far down, but you found some a little bit A little bit down from where we were
0: didn't you yeah hold that thought because that's a good lesson in itself based on what you just said you know um and we'll get to that in a moment i'm gonna i'm gonna take a quick break here and uh and remind people of who makes this all possible felton you've got 90 seconds to relax uh this is the upland nation podcast and we are brought to you in part by dr tim's performance dog food Take a look at the videos on my um, um, on my <laughs> where where am I on my on my YouTube channel. Got a lot of them thanks to Dr. Tim Hunt and his uh, information there. If you'd like more information on his performance dog food varieties, go to drtims.com read about the types of protein and the types of fat he uses and why he uses them. The guy knows of what he speaks. He's a sled dog competitor. He's a veterinarian and he's a scientist. This guy knows his stuff. Free delivery on your uh, orders and 30% off your first order if you just use the code UplandNation.com And we're also brought to you by HappyJackInc.com HappyJackInc.com Save yourself to a a trip to the vet once in a while just got off the phone with a good friend who luckily had all the stuff he needed when some mean old terrier tore into his griffon on a hunting trip but he was able to take care of all the things he needed to do because he had all the products he needed in his dog bag back at the truck you can um, you can fix everything from flea and tick to scrapes and cuts to pad health It's all there as well as Flex Enhance Plus. That's what I use to keep my dog's arthritis free. That's right. Creatine and glucosamine are contained in Flex Enhance Plus. Learn more about it at happyjackinc.com. and welcome back this is the upland nation podcast i'm scott linden in your left speaker in your right speaker or earbud is my friend and hunting buddy felton jenkins felton welcome back
1: thanks scott i went to go uh work on my appearance and the in oh the good mirror.
0: yeah because yeah. you do have a face for radio
1: you're right exactly my mom told
0: me that and everybody tells me that although I if I, I, I gotta tell you this when, when I was first in radio and, and doing stuff on the local level some woman uh, accosted me in the grocery store and she said oh you're that guy he's on the radio every morning blah, blah, blah. and I said yeah I am she says funny you sound taller on the radio <laughs> well you're pretty tall yeah but, not, uh, but you know that's the joy of radio. You can sound better looking.
1: Mhm. Yeah, and this morning I, I put on my cleanest dirty shirt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which is a great line from a Chris Christofferson song. Uh, right. But but uh, we'll get into that some other day. And, yeah. and let me remind everybody, uh, we still got a whole bunch coming up. I got a new Upland Nation puzzler, a quiz question for you. And we're going to share some of your own New Year's resolutions as well. But first, let's get back to that hunt and that um, uh, the, the lesson we learned when I when I said, you know, I don't want to climb back up to the top of that ridge because, you know, why are we leaving chuck uh hun level to find huns let's walk parallel let's side hill this canyon the rest of the way and see what happens and sure enough you were you know maybe a hundred yards above me if if that and i'm walking along and um and i got my my side by side over my shoulder broken open and uh and son of a gun if i don't jump a covey wild literally at my feet um Mm -hmm they all get up oh i'm so slow on the draw i get my gun put back together and i'm ready to shoot but they're all you know ancient history by then but like so many other covey birds there's always one either slow learner or brave bird and i knew that bird was somewhere in the vicinity and he was you know he was the outlier literally he was another eight or ten yards away from where the whole covey got up but he got up And luckily, flew the right way. I shot and missed. So I thought. Mm -hmm. So I keep hunting, and uh, we're still walking up that that, uh, slope. And Flick, who's 200 yards away watching all the action, you know, maybe he thought it was coffee break time. He doesn't look at me anymore. He doesn't look at Dean anymore. He heads for one solitary or brush or whatever it was on the other side of that draw towards the bottom and i know better now anymore you know like they say trust the dog um uh he gets to that bush and there's a little rattling and a little rustling and you know your dogs don't you you know when he does a certain thing or two and his head does that and his tail does that he's putting something in his mouth and sure yeah. enough, he comes back up that hill with, with that Hungarian partridge that I thought I'd missed. And well,
1: that's that's a good deal.
0: You know, I, I don't know how they know it, but somehow they do.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes I've uh, thought I maybe knocked two birds down, and I know I knocked one bird down, and thought I hit another one that went down. And so Dean finds the first bird, and then i'm like no we don't want to leave dean keep looking keep looking and yeah. and he'll cu- he'll cover the area you know for 30 seconds for a minute and then he's ready to take off and, and go hunting again and i'm like no come on back let's let's check this area some more but he's already determined that that there's not a not another bird on the ground there it's either run off or i missed it uh, so so yeah you got to trust trust the dog and trust trust the nose right
0: yeah you know my only i I only wish that my dog would do in the real world what he does when we practice that kind of stuff i do like to to be able to guide him in and to hunt dead a little bit more with a little bit more earnestness than he usually does he's like dean you know pointing dogs i think in general would much rather go find more live birds than look for a dead bird so good point so i got another project for this spring and summer but but it was it was fun and it was gratifying and 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 it went on and on and on like that um what about you know that day alone if you had to isolate it to that day what was the what, what stuck out in your mind as maybe one of the highlights
1: well what you mentioned uh about that first point on, that Flick had that we were successful on, uh, so that was definitely a highlight. And then we had a, a few other points up the up the draw, and we didn't do as well on those, but uh, but there were definitely birds up there. We, we saw some. Yep. And then we, we did we did go up over a ridge to keep going the loop the loop that I wanted to do, uh, and out there I found birds like you're talking about up on the ridges.
0: Um, yeah, where that and, big and, rock pile was, in fact.
1: Yeah, Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we, we kept going, but except for maybe that one that was up, up top, most of them were on the sides of the hill, right?
0: Yeah, we did get a, another great piece of dog work from Dean on um, on – almost to the top once it was it was cold it was windy it was starting to rain i think but uh but he slammed a point and we were below him at that time and we started working our way up and and i know you you were a little upset but i think it was more the bird's fault than anybody else's he had he was holding those birds pretty well and they might have been more hinky than we thought because they were they were on bare ground and again like you i didn't see them until they flew away yeah but he yeah did, that's, that's true. He mm-hmm. found he found a number of birds that we couldn't get to in time, and uh, and I don't know that I'd fault any dog for any of that. I think this is when you're hunting wild birds in wild country with low cover. I think those are the risks you run, and you just got to you know just accept that. I I did I did do one thing. I'm pretty proud of this. I'm trying to do it more and more often these days. We did we got another point. I think it was from Flick uh, on another kind of rocky spot and uh and they all flew your way and we both shot and we both of course uh missed with uh with skill and accuracy Uh, (laughs) you know there's an art to that as well um but i did one thing because again it was one of those okay he's on point but he's 244 yards away and it's uphill so we get up there and we get there in time and i think we even had our feet set in the right place and all of that and then boom they get up and they all go hard hard right to left but to reward flick i either borrowed one of yours or i had one in my own bag i threw one of those dead huns out and let him think we'd shot it hmm. and i i learned that a long time ago from brad higgins down in yarrington nevada and I, I thank him for that over and over again a lot of you already know how i feel about that theory i think dogs need rewards and the best reward for a bird dog is a bird so anyhow it was uh pretty incredible um let me just paint a picture of of these places there imagine a imagine a uh a, a blanket on your bed it's kind of cheap grass colored what color would that be felton would you call that brown
1: uh yeah brown and green and gray they they sometimes blend together for me Uh,
0: yeah that's right who who are we two color colorblind guys trying to describe this place anyway imagine that and imagine that you then take both sides of that blanket and you scrunch them towards the middle so you got this whole kind of set of rolling knife edge at the top they're pretty sharp the the edges of these peaks and valleys peaks and valleys and so the choices are do you go over and down and over and down and over and down or do you go up one and then down the next and the challenges there are pretty interesting the the walking was better than some it was it was not bad but the effects of the drought even up there i think were were pretty apparent did you notice that
1: yeah i think i I think i noticed it earlier in the season going for chuckers and uh and there's just not much ground cover and and they could see dean and i coming from a mile away i'm sure and so it was really hard to to pin some birds down and get a point uh you know on chuckers earlier in the season and and we did have better luck in january which was the first time i really biked that far up was last january and we had two different days uh and i got seven huns e- each day and uh so so dean held them really well that time you know a year ago and maybe it was the less cover that that's out there this year because of the drought yeah and uh so I, I think there's something to that
0: yeah i i tend to agree i think i've seen that almost everywhere i've been in the west this season uh the cover is a little skinnier the number of birds matches that I'm hearing that even I didn't go to South Dakota this year, but I uh, heard the same thing over there. Mm-hmm. I was in Montana and, uh, and we saw the same thing, you know, places that usually had knee high grass had ankle high grass. Um, and that's on the stuff that wasn't mowed. Uh, a lot of those uh, emergency haying uh, rules allowed them to mow CRP ground, so it was it was all of that. And then uh, even at this point in time, you know, we didn't see much in the way of green feed out there, did we?
1: No, there wasn't a whole lot of green green stuff. Did we? Did we check a crop? I can't remember.
0: Oh, I was hoping you would say you did because I can't remember either. Oh, you know the the bird's eye shot? Yeah. Empty crops.
1: Okay yeah yeah I, I can't remember uh the bird that i brought home what it had because i brought home that yeah that hun and the, and the pheasant and uh yeah i can't remember i can't remember checking
0: and it was later um, in the you know th- these well i shouldn't say that these the birds we actually shot were um were early you know mid-morning or thereabouts so by then maybe they were just starting to to feed but the only feed out there is what's left of the cheatgrass seeds and then uh, a little bit of cheatgrass green shoots coming up but there wasn't a lot of that and i can't think of anything else they might be eating out there there's not even any sage so it's not like they're nibbling on sage leaves or anything
1: but, yeah well they're fine they're finding something yeah. because we saw we saw plenty um yeah. Yeah. we saw good numbers and i've seen good numbers of chucker in a couple of different spots but they just they're they're smarter and and warier this year i think than the last couple of years
0: i i tend to agree and i'll tell you the the top line what i've took away from that trip was um you know hungarian partridge have mystified me for my entire hunting career the ones i've shot have have been i thought all in classic uh hungarian partridge country you know rolling green hills uh, usually in montana um but last year and this year both i found Huns in country that you would just looking at it call chucker country or maybe quail country. In fact, it was funny. There were no quail in the any of those uh, bottoms of those draws either. But, no,
1: I, I haven't found quail or pheasants in that particular area. Yeah, just the uh, and, and you know like you know huns are kind of a bonus when you're chucker hunting in this area. The the chuckers are a bonus and the and the huns. Are what i expect to find now and uh the one time i went to hunt in montana in conjunction with a deer hunt we, we didn't find any uh huns or uh well we saw some uh some some grouse running away from us but uh that, that was that wasn't even a worse uh reproduction year than, than than they've had in a long time i guess that was two or three years ago
0: well you know but,
1: that uh yeah
0: go ahead that's the joy of this game i guess is uh you never know and um you probably ought to carry a different load in your right barrel from your left barrel, or however you're loading, whatever kind of gun you're using, because you never know what's going to get up. And sure enough, you know, um, the next day and the next day, it was true for B and for you and for Mark as well. On Monday, we had some interesting times there as well. Um, you know, I want to I want to leave our discussion with with what I think might have been actually the real highlight of of that whole trip, and that was. You know, I, I was down there in my travel trailer, you were at the local motel, and our friend Mark was up the road 30 miles at at his place. And, um, and sure enough, he knew where I was, and you knew where I was And the first morning we were all you and I were to get together, Mark showed up first so yeah. so we got to spend a little time together and then uh, then the next day he showed up again and he said where are you going and we said well we were thinking about over there and uh, he said well how about this over here and we said sure and those are the kind of things that happen just on the spur of the moment i'm not that kind of guy i never was a great jazz musician because i needed everything plotted out better mm-hmm. you know i could mm-hmm. read notes good but i couldn't fake notes very well um but it that kind of stuff just happens when you put two or three guys together who share the same passion, I guess. Um, it happens more than we think, and uh, I'm glad it happened for you and me. It's been spectacular. Felton Jenkins, thanks for inviting me along on the ride hope I can return the favor someday. Uh, we'll go down to that spot a lot farther south and east from you, but you're going to have to allow for a couple more days of travel on that one.
1: Yeah, hey, Hey. Let me. one more highlight uh, yeah. I was thinking about. Yeah. Was the, la- the last point we had and that Dean had, uh, he did let us get in close. A couple of birds got up. We weren't close enough. Uh, we didn't have a good shot on those, but he, he stayed in place, and we got to go in. And get those two scraggler birds that were still in there.
0: That's and, right. Uh,
1: but and they got up way too too far, not not in front of me, but way to my left. So I, I didn't really see them get up. And by the time I swung over on them, it was they were going over the ridge. But but I was happy with uh, how it ended oh, uh, good. that way with uh, with him staying a lot steadier on on that last even though we didn't get the birds
0: you know we were talking about that we were talking about that over pizza that night i think and we and and i think we took a vote you and me and we decided it was unanimous that you know to make a great day in the field it only takes one or two things and there was one for dean flick had one we we actually hit a couple birds uh we saw some great country that was a whole bunch of things but once in a while if nothing else if you get one little piece of dog work that just dazzle you that day that's enough isn't it
1: oh yeah yeah it doesn't take a whole lot i mean how many times do we go out and hike and don't really get to shoot anything yeah Uh, it's kind of like steelhead fishing you plenty (laughs) of times you go out and swing flies for steelhead for hours and you maybe maybe don't get a grab at all uh the, the other thing that was fun you know uh it was a lot funner riding downhill <laughs> to go back to the vehicles than it was to uh, to walk walk two two and a half miles, you know.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, you're right. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I I'm feeling it right now. You know, there's a certain feeling in the soles of your feet after a long day climbing those dang hills. We didn't have to have it because we were pedaling instead of stomping all the way back. <laughs> yeah
1: and we got to stay out until you know closer to dark and you know it's a lot easier riding downhill than riding uphill or, or walking yep you know, it, any direction so so uh, you know it's fun you it you, you don't mind walking in and walking around and hunting but but when you get back and you got to walk back three miles on a gravel road that, that gets kind of old at night
0: yeah know. yeah you know god bless the dogs they 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 paced us the whole way out the whole way back they were running along while we were yeah. dr- riding i mean think yeah. about that and we put uh i think the dogs did about i don't know do, do you remember what we we figured out on the on the gps they did about 13 or 14 miles um and they no, were run- i think
1: uh well what i didn't track that day but when i've done that hunt before i think it was about you know six miles that we five or six miles that we did yeah and they do
0: three or four times
1: yeah. that. So, yeah. so I wouldn't be surprised if they covered, uh, you know, fifteen or twenty miles.
0: Not at each all. No, oh, no, not at all. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was. That, it's that kind of country again. You know, now we've come full circle, and we'll do it again. And I'll take you to one of my spots where there is sagebrush, and the birds are slightly bigger, um, but no easier to hit. We'll do that that either later this season if we get any decent weather or definitely next season. Felton Jenkins, always good to talk with you by phone or in the field. Thank Dean. Give him an extra kibble for me tonight. He did a great job. And thanks for being a part of the Upland Nation podcast.
1: Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Scott. It was my pleasure, and uh, happy new year.
0: Same back at you. Oh boy. Always fun. You stick around, I've got the new puzzler and a quiz for you. Coming right up. Well, as your New Year's resolutions. Yeah, yours this week and then sometime very soon afterwards we'll do your dog's New Year's resolutions. So don't go away as they say this part of the upland nation podcast is brought to you by roughlandkennels.com r-u-f-f landkennels.com you know they pioneered the performance roto molded dog crate these folks know what they're talking about they've got dealers all over the country and you can order online as well go to their website roughlandkennels.com and search for a nearby dealer or order it online new boxes with a door on the side. That's what I just got so that I can put Flick in from the front or the side, depending on where I am and where he is at the time. I love that aspect. You can spec your dog box any way you like and any color you like. And if you got a SUV and you got a little problem with room, they make a slant back version of the Roughland kennel as well. And if you're searching for advice, information, or a new shotgun, check out midvalleyclays.com. They're located in western Oregon, so if you're going up and down the coast for some reason, pull in and take a look at their incredible shooting facility. Anything you want to shoot at that involves a clay target, they've got it there. You maybe saw that You know, we made the pilot for a clay target shootout there many years ago. It's gotten better and better under the leadership of Dave Fiedler and Chris Greenwood and the crew over there at midvalleyclays.com. More importantly, certified instructors can get you into the right gun, get you into the stock of that gun so you're hitting more targets They got an RV park. You can stay for a couple days and try out a bunch of new guns, see what fits you best, what works for you the best. It's all at midvalleyclays.com. All right, I promised you a new upland nation puzzler question Uh, the prize for the end of january will be a very rare one might call it a limited edition scott linden signature series real bird bumper yeah you can't buy them anymore i'm pulling one out of my personal stash to award to somebody who gives me the correct answer to one of the questions i ask in january this week message me on facebook with the right answer and you're entered to win that real bird bumper. Here it is. What is the common name for the dog breed known in most of Europe as Epanul Breton? Epanul Breton. Look it up. Starts with an E. Starts with a B. What is the common name in America for that dog? good luck on that and now i will uh, share some things that I, I i this this is always fun and always a learning experience for me maybe for you here we are on facebook again and i asked you there uh what your new year's resolutions were so let's just take a look at george cummins always a good one george wants a couple more titles for his weimaraner samson and to hunt new places Okay, I'm, I'm all for that. Maybe I'll see you at one of those. Steve Fryer, what do you do? Steal that line from me? He wants to be a better shot for his hunting partner, and he's got a beautiful black and white short hair in the photo. Interesting markings. Uh, think about a short hair that's all white on the body, all black on the head, and then the right side of his butt and right leg are black. Beautiful. I think they'd call that flashy in the show ring. Uh, Jerry Zyke your goal your new year's resolution to retire in 2022 okay good luck on that one lance larson my good friend and consummate wood carver he wants to spend as much time as possible with his dogs david thomas jr has the same need that i do to be a better shot for shady the german short hair and harlan the Dratar. great picture Thank you for putting the fuzzy-faced dog in the foreground there, although they're both really good-looking dogs. I love that shot. Looks like grouse country to me. A lot of popple-looking, you know, standy-uppy aspens, maybe. Can't tell. There's no leaves on them. Steve Robbins wants to do two things in this order. It's the only way anybody anybody I know is going to pull it off. First, win Powerball. Second, hunt more. And uh, finally, Kent Baxter says, enjoy all the blessings I've been given. Training dogs five months out of the year, hunting two to three days each week during the season, and really enjoying my new pup this coming spring. Great answers from all of you. If you haven't made your resolutions, it's not too late. And while you're at it, don't forget to get your new hunting license as well. Ah, yeah. Yeah you are going to need it very soon. Well, that was brought to you by FindBirdHuntingSpots.com. That's my website. That's where you can always find something new to help you hunt, train, care for your dog, lots of places that you might not have thought about. This week, a new blog post, an article called Five Big Mistakes We Make With Our Dogs. Maybe you don't. Okay, I do. All right. That's why I wrote it. It was therapy for me. Maybe it will be for you as well. And with that, I'm going to say goodbye. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please tell your friends. And give us a good review, if you think I deserve it, that is, at uh, Apple Podcasts or any place else you uh, subscribe. Check in in the Shooting USA and the Upland Nation Facebook pages anytime you want. Thank you to those who have already left ratings and reviews. I sure appreciate that. Another Happy New Year to everybody. And I'll leave you with this from author Edward Ogland. He says, in order to really enjoy a dog, one doesn't merely try to train him to be semi-human. The point of it is to open oneself to the possibility of becoming partly a dog amen to that thanks again for listening until i see you here again maybe i'll see you in the field